Welcome back to the Morning Skate, episode 254. We have a special guest today. He's from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, graduate of MIT. He played ACH hockey for MIT from 2006 to 2011. He's the CEO and founder of Helios Hockey. Welcome to the Morning Skate, Bill Neer. Bill, hey, Bill Neer, how are you doing today? Doing great, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on here. Um, so first thing, you want to give us a little uh, background of you and how you got into the hockey world and how, explain what uh, Helios is? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a lifelong hockey player, grew up in central New Hampshire and played my whole life. Um, as I was getting into my late teens, was kind of assessing what opportunities uh, hockey had for me versus my academics. And, you know, a real door opened with the opportunity to go to MIT uh, to study engineering. But uh, fortunately, when I got there, there was actually a really good ACHA hockey team. So I played for five years, uh, studied electrical engineering, computer science. Um, actually first met our uh, first investor, Ron Francis, uh, while I was there at MIT playing hockey, which is kind of a kind of a neat story how that all happened. But ultimately, um, you know, left MIT with a graduate degree and went and worked for an automotive startup um, and really saw the opportunity to build a product that I wish I had as a hockey player growing up. I think, you know, being a couple hours north of Boston and central New Hampshire, there was actually a pretty big disconnect um, for me as a developing player, just understanding like how I stacked up to other players my age and what the opportunities would be for me in the sport of hockey, which I was so passionate about. So, you know, we built Helios really to build that product. And what we're doing is, you know, allowing any individual player or team to access their performance. If you look at the way that performance tracking technology typically works, it's usually using some type of positioning system. So, you know, if that's GPS tracking for soccer, or if you look at a system like the NHL has installed in 32 franchise stadiums, it's entirely about position. And, you know, the problem with that approach is that there's quite a bit of infrastructure and cost um, that prevents that solution from moving down market. So we really envisioned a, a solution that consists of a single performance sensor and an app uh, that any player can use and immediately start getting you know, previously unseen uh, insights around their performance, um, as well as automated uh, video highlights, which is something big for us on our horizon. Very cool. And how are you, obviously, MIT is a super uh, prestigious school. How are you able to balance, like, being an engineer uh, degree student and playing ACH hockey? I know it's not still D1, but it's you're still you're still a college athlete at that point. Yeah, no, it's a really good question. I actually don't think I could have gotten through MIT without hockey. So for <laughs> me, all of my academics always relied on having that way to let off some steam and basically having that outlet, you know, of playing hockey. So when I got to MIT, I think I quickly realized that the rigor of like what school would be wouldn't have been able to be like met um, if I didn't have hockey. Now. All that being said, hockey was a really big time commitment. MIT, even just compared to local ACHA teams we played against, was super fortunate. So we had a rink on campus. I was used to driving 45 minutes to practice throughout high school. So when I got to campus, my rink was 100 feet away from my freshman dorm. Uh, we had ice time Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. That's actually a period on campus when they totally shut down classes and all sports practice and clubs basically practice. So it was a it was a really effective way like every day to basically break up the afternoon before you know a late night of uh work but um it was it was totally worth it and i think really essential to basically the whole balancing act of it all 
Love that. Yeah. I mean, I played club baseball in college. I mean, it's not as serious as, as uh, playing college hockey, but yeah, you definitely had to have that balance for sure. And just this time to step away from the academics. Um, what was, what, who would you say, or what is your biggest influence to start Helios? Yeah. I mean, I think it was my personal experience as a developing player. Like, you know, I was growing up, I wanted to play in the NHL. I don't know at what age in my teens, I sort of realized where I was at, you know, just on a trajectory of, what kind of junior hockey I might be able to play if I deferred some years of college, but it really felt like I was sort of operating in the darkness. And I, and I don't know that every player is operating like that. And I think today with the way that, you know, social media connects us to these skill development brands, and there's so many showcases and tournaments, it's, it's a bit different than even how I was brought up playing. So I think there's more opportunities now to kind of size yourself up traveling to these like regional showcases and things like, you know, we were at hockey night in Boston on Friday and, it's really neat to just to see all the players from the different geographies coming to one location. Um, and I'm sure that they get a good sense of kind of how they stack up coming off a weekend like that. But I'd say for me, it was my personal experience. Um, and just looking outwardly at the fact that there were no solutions, basically, you know, in every sport, we're seeing how data and performance is being talked about. And it's usually starting at the top, and then it's making its way down. And so we're not, you know, we're not really inventing the concept of how performance data and using it to get better and having that feedback can be helpful, but we're really creating like the access for any player um, to be able to do it. No, yeah, for sure. And then, and like with any sport, like analytics, like you mentioned is a big thing now. And it's cool to see that's getting to the hockey world for sure. Um, what was the inspiration behind like naming Helios? Is it from something or what, how did you land on that name? Yeah, it was really interesting. It was actually a bit of a creative uh, hair pull at the time. So we had an original name for the company and we had actually developed um, and, and basically have a patent on a regulation smart puck technology. So we had a name that was a little bit more kind of inclined towards the original development we had around the smart puck. It turned out that it was going to be a bit difficult to own that name from a trademark standpoint. So we went back to the drawing board with a creative individual and we were brainstorming. We had about 30 name ideas and they started to kind of fall into place for various reasons we really liked just how helios sounded um the other thing about helios is kind of the meaning behind it is to kind of bring light to something maybe that previously wasn't visible so this is sort of like illuminating in the darkness type effect and if you look at how that's actually carried through to like our physical product like the core performance sensor you know our first prototype of it didn't have any leds on it and it was just this you know, molded rubber brick that was on the player's mm. pads. And we realized it didn't have life. And uh, we basically developed this really neat glowing interface. So it's got, you know, a heartbeat effect to it. And when it's on a player's chest now, they almost have this sort of like Iron Man or Iron Woman type of persona yeah. taken on by like using our product. So it's really interesting how you have a bit of an inkling like towards one thing. Um, you know, there were some super detailed things like Helios is six letters and the word hockey and sports are both six letters. So the way that you could arrange them together worked really well. Um, the guy who was doing our branding, he really liked branding with two H's. So if you look at like our logo now, it's actually mm -hmm. two H's sort of pointing up. Um, so it's funny to like look back on it now and, and kind of have a, a way to sew a thread through it all that really makes a lot of sense. It didn't necessarily make all that like sense perfectly but we had a good feeling about where it was going when we picked it 
I'll say, yeah, it seems like you landed on a gold mine with the name and the, the like the logo is pretty sick. And that's, that's as long as it catches your eye, that's the main goal with your marketing and branding. So yeah. And that. the other thing, just cause like whenever you, you know, do things like with uh, patents and trademarks, like it's a really long-term investment. You, you mm. start like a couple year process, like the company, you know, is now about four years old. And I can say that we literally just in the last two weeks got the word from the U.S. Patent Office that we now own the trademark for Helios and we own the trademark for our logo. So that's, you know, two things that when we branded it, we like filed, but it's taken a lot of time to get it to that point. So it's nice to know that we sort of like own that identity that we picked and that it was ownable in the first place. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that for sure. Yeah, thanks so um, much. What's uh, the biggest piece of advice you've received so far in your company's journey? I know you're only four years old so far. Yeah, it's really interesting. So I started the company as somebody who's technical. And so, you know, the earliest versions of the product, I was basically building, selling, pitching, you know, as an individual technical founder. But I think that, you know, the biggest epiphany for me happened when we hired the first person into the company. Um, you know, as you probably know, with building a podcast, right, you're trying to build community, you're trying to get more people to like, understand, appreciate, contribute towards a vision you have for something. And as soon as there's just one other person in the world, right, sitting next to you, helping make that happen, it's just incredible how much that changes things like one to two doesn't seem like a huge change, but it's, it's kind of everything. Um, so I feel like what it comes back to is really just people. Um, and I was thinking about that because it's like whether you're building a hockey team or whether you're building a company, like everything boils down to people. We just saw an absolutely incredible, you know, organization built on people win a Stanley Cup. And that's the organization that 21 years ago, you know, GM Joe Sackick was the, one of the players that I was looking up to as a developing mm -hmm. player. Um, so it's amazing to kind of see how the people really drove that organization to get to that ultimate level of success in hockey. I think the same thing applies to, you know, building a company. It's all about the people you hire internally. And then I think externally, it's just about your customers because great customers can, can actually really elevate an early stage company by believing in what it's doing and helping to spread the word around it. Um, and we've been really fortunate to have some great early customers. And I think one of the things that we've done really well is just listen to them. Um, your customers have tremendous amount of feedback, things that, when you're inside the trenches building your product, you'll never be able to see just because you have a very specific view of the world. And then somebody comes at you from the outside and they share some feedback. They tell you, oh, I really like, you know, this hustle score. I really like this video feature. And it does tremendous things for kind of advancing the company and the product. Um, so, yeah, I guess it all comes down to people. Great, you know, people elevate hockey teams. Great people inside companies help elevate products. And I'd say great customers help elevate the company overall. And like on top of that, too, it was my actually my next question. Have you been able to work with any pro college or high school teams or just pro, pro athletes on their own um, on top of that? Yeah. So we have players in terms of who's using it. We've initially entered the market at kind of the individual use case. There's a couple of reasons that are interesting about that. But I'll first say we have players at AAA, um, college, uh, OHL, major, junior, um, and pro on both the men's and women's side using the product uh, individually. And, and that's something that's been really exciting just to see the kind of impact we can drive at every level. If you look at, you know, the pro players, right, in general, there's this system the NHL built for broadcast and sports betting, really, as it's like primary reason they did it. Um, and, and when you get to the pro level, there's these interesting challenges of 
you know, collective bargaining agreements. Like if you go into an organization, you put chips on 20 players, it's kind of like, how does this affect my, you know, my pay and my livelihood, right? As a player, if the individual player pulls it in, say like through their skill coach, um, it's a totally different like interpretation of it. It's kind of like a protected and sort of private relationship with the product. Um, so those have been like the avenues through which we've had success early on. I can say that early um, in our earliest days, we actually did uh, team level product with uh, U14, 15, 16 academy teams here in New Hampshire at a uh, elite hockey academy. And that was really exciting to build out, you know, the initial team use case. As it turned out, we were entering the pandemic and teams were sort of operating in, you know, um, various on and off ways. I think at the time, hockey wasn't even being played in Ontario. And yet individual players were still finding ways to improve and get on the ice and work with their skill coaches. So for us, you know, just in our go to market in 2021, we really focused on getting the individual use case out, making it so that any player, parent, skill coach um, could basically start using the product on kind of the individual use case. But we also have this team level um, version of the product. And that's something that we're starting to ramp up more, um, you know, now that we've got the individual use case really firing. Yeah. And I, and I mean, as a former athlete, just in high school and stuff, just for your product alone, having that, yeah, you get your coaches yelling at you and they, but with them, you, if they were using your product, they can specifically say what you're not doing, like an analytic level. And instead of just saying, oh, you're not hustling versus that he can actually physically show you why or how you're not hustling. Or if you are hustling, like, all right, this is where you're at. Let's try to stay at that level kind of thing. So I think yeah, totally. Cool. Totally. We really want this to be a tool um, for the player, for the parent, for the skill coach, for the team coach. One of the ways that I describe it to people is, you know, some teams will bring equipment out on the ice, say at the beginning, maybe the middle and, and the end of the year. Right. And they'll do like sport testing or like a benchmark or like a combine. They'll use, say, one to three days of ice in the whole season just to do something like this. And the reason they only do it say one to three times is because it, there's quite a bit of clunk to dedicating your time on the ice for this type of testing. It's, it's, you're not doing drills, you're not scrimmaging, you're not playing hockey. Right. So, and then the other side of that is the players maybe get like one or two reference points and, you know, unfortunate for the player, if it's just like a bad day or they have like a false start on like that single trial they get, or maybe they get a couple, but it could just be a bad day. So, the way I describe our product to people is it's it's continuously benchmarking whenever you're taking skating strides, which is really powerful. So the performance sensor, it mounts on your shoulder pads. It's trained to recognize stride. It requires zero infrastructure in the rink. And basically it's continuously benchmarking you around your speed, your agility, which would be like your foot speed, uh, your explosiveness, which is like your getting going acceleration, your balance, your hustle score breaks down your shifts for games. Um, so it's always doing this, which just allows the player to basically track on their progress, like continuously throughout the season in a totally different way. And then for the coaches, they don't have to change their practice plan even one to three times in the season. They just go out, play practices and games the way they would play them otherwise. Um, and there's no you know loading infrastructure on the ice in order to do this type of sport testing. Nice. And I know you mentioned it with COVID, um, but besides obviously COVID being a big hurdle facing your development of your product, what would be another uh, obstacle or hurdle you faced um, this last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, COVID was definitely a big challenge. You know, whenever you have something physical, um, the supply chain side of things can be 
you know, pretty tricky. I mean, that's the one that comes to mind is just like navigating the supply chain side of things as an early stage company. Um, you know, we build our sensor actually here in the United States and we made that decision during COVID because the, you know, other options we looked at that were outside the US, we couldn't even travel there when the product would be built for the first batch to stock the 30 pure hockey stores we're in. So it was really hard to imagine like guaranteeing good quality and that we liked what the outcome was, not to mention the fact that, you know, maybe the product would finish being built, you know, overseas in Asia, and then we'd have to wait, you know, six months before we get through the port of LA. You know, on the flip side, we built the product in New Hampshire. It costs us a little bit more, but we have all the benefits of driving an hour and seeing what's being built like directly with our own eyes and guaranteeing the quality. And that allowed us to move incredibly fast early on. So we found ways to like work with, I think, some of these challenges around the supply chain climate of, um, you know, of COVID, which I think it's a product of COVID. It's sort of a separate, you know, problem of COVID besides, you know, the, the worry about getting sick was how everything's gotten locked up on the supply side. But we've been really fortunate to like make some good decisions and have all of our raw materials on hand to be able to build product and get it out to the hands of our customers. Yeah, and I think being an athlete of yourself and just having that, most people that would have been like your second year with the company, you could have just been like, all right, this is not worth it. But having that athlete and that motivation and your drive, I'm sure that helped get you through that tough time that we all face, but specifically for you growing a company face. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, building a company is not for the faint of heart. Like I can tell <laughs> you for sure, there's a lot of trying moments and you just got to kind of come back to like, why the kind of the passion for what you started um and like the vision as long as you still have that passion burning and you have that sense of that vision and you see how the dots like can connect to that end it'll get you through some pretty you know tricky moments and again that comes back to the people side of things because when you're doing this you know when you're starting a company and you're the first one you're doing it alone each of those moments is is exponentially harder than if you've got three people 10 people 12 people beside you to kind of get through anything tricky um, but yeah, I like to tell people if we can get through a pandemic, uh, you know, the potential of whatever is upon us with a, you know, potential recession, I think, you know, in normal operating world, uh, we'll do really, really well for ourselves. Love that. Um, has, I know your product, you can purchase it in online through your Instagram It has a link to your website and whatnot, but has your product, uh, reached a level where it can be purchased in stores or like hockey, um, hockey stores? Yeah, for sure. So we're really fortunate to have um, retail partnership with Pure Hockey, and we're actually about to announce a retail partnership in Canada. So last November, the first place you could actually buy our product was at Pure Hockey at 30 store locations across the US. Um, you can actually check those out on our website, um, because they really touch like, you know, east to west coast, we have product in those stores. And Pure Hockey has been a great partner at helping us get into the market. Um, we've also opened up our e-commerce channel on our site. And like I said, we have a retail partner in Canada that's coming online. Um, so that really puts us in a, in a place where we feel like the product becomes super accessible to the North American market. The next big step for us is, you know, looking at the Nordic countries and in Europe and Scandinavia, um, and then the other hockey playing countries like Germany, Switzerland, Austria, we do get quite a bit of inquiry about getting the product over there. And so there's a a little bit of work we have to do to be able to kind of meet the needs of those markets. But it's, uh, I think that'll be the next challenge once we feel like um, North America has, it really has access to the product. 
And um, so obviously your company is still growing at a good, pretty good pace. What are your, some of your short-term goals for this upcoming year for yourself and your company? Yeah, totally. So I think one of the biggest things for us um, on the kind of the product side is we have this feature, um, you know, it's like instant shift video and it's super powerful. Basically you get off the ice for a game that you wore the Helios core performance sensor. And one of the things we're already doing is completely breaking down like your shifts. And that's just a, it's basically an algorithm that uses the stride recognition that recognizes all your strides and it builds out exactly what your shifts were. So if you took 11 shifts in the game, you're going to see data about your 11 shifts. But one of the things that I've been most excited about, we've actually had this baking for a few years now, just, you know, take some time to get this type of thing fully out, um, you know, to your users. But basically if you upload a game video, you can instantly start watching just the shifts when you're on the ice. So you might take two hours of video and you might be used to an experience where you're dragging that little slider either on a web page or on your computer to try to find those moments when you're out there, you're looking for your jersey number, you might go past it a little too far. What this is, is instantly just being able to play shifts one through 11, um, you know, as an individual or as a coach for a team, um, just because you wore this device on the ice. and. I think that that's something that for us is going to be a real game changer. Um, I actually, you know, can say I helped develop the software that actually, you know, drives that feature in our product. And what's amazing about it is when I use it, it's still kind of a magical wow moment, even knowing <laughs> exactly how it's working. I get home from a men's league game. I pull down the live barn videos from that game. I upload them to the Helios dashboard and I just start watching my shifts and I'm, you know, not wasting any time. It's exactly what I want to be doing in that moment. Um, and it's super efficient. And so I think that that one on our near term horizon, just getting that really out there and, and used, um, you know, well is going to be a big one um, for us. And then I think pushing on the, you know, teams, leagues and orgs using our product uh, more and more is going to be a big focus for us as we head into this fall season. And uh, back to that, I think that, like you said, that's going to be big for you. I completely agree because I know I like just miss that. Um, I don't have you. Are you familiar with Huddle at all? Yeah, absolutely. So I missed that by year. So with for and that's pretty kind of similar to what you said, but for yours, it specifically downloads your specific shift, and that's going to be I think huge for recruiting for or just even get, trying to join a travel team or whatever. You can just show them that, and it shows all your shifts versus the scout have to watch your name and you see like a, or a yellow, like bubble over your head for lights, how, how huddle does it. But I feel like your way would definitely be a lot easier for scouts or recruits and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. There's, I mean, there's a good landscape of existing players doing game film tagging and breakdown. And there's also products you use where you've got a person like sitting in the stands on a laptop for like a college or a program doing this, you know, for, unfortunately for a lot of developing players, that's just not possible to kind of get the coding around that, especially at the individual use case. Like most of these game film breakdown services, they sell team or org level kind of breakdown business models. They're not accessible to just that individual. The reason that is, is because the cost of having a person watch a 60 minute to 90 minute to two hour game and tag it up, it just economically doesn't make sense if a person's in the loop doing that. So most of those solutions and even kind of some of the ones that are going in more of an AI camera direction, they're looking for Jersey numbers. And so if the Jersey number is there, they try to kind of tag things by that. 
The problem with that approach is they break down as soon as, you know, a player changes the jersey number or their jersey's tucked in a little bit. Any reason that there's netting in the rink and you can't quite see the jerseys because the camera quality is not good. I know we've all seen like those camera views that aren't perfect. Um, what's really cool about what we've done is it's completely independent of the number of cameras, whether the camera can definitely see the jersey number or not. Um, the resolution of the camera, we can work with anything. Um, and it gives you these accurate results. And then once you're watching your say 11 shifts on our dashboard, all you have to do is click download and you get a zip folder of shifts, you know, one through 11 with the file names, you know, your last name's already in it. You could basically email that to a college coach or a scout instantly as a player. So we think it's really important to not have the player or the parent having to watch the game fully if they don't have time to, in order to pull out their shifts. Very cool. That's, I think that's going to be awesome. Um, and what are some of your long-term go goals for uh, Helios? Like, let's, where do you see your, the company in like 10 years from now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, 10 years feels really far away, but uh, I guess just as something that I surely hope we've accomplished by then much sooner, say like within the next two to three years. Um, what's interesting about the product is, you know, we're a hockey company first. If you look at our first investor, Ron Francis, Dave Nectow from Pure Hockey, Bryce Salvador as a uh, investor advisor, you know, we're, we're first a hockey company operating in our beachhead of hockey. Um, but ultimately, you know, the vision we've had for Helios is that the product was trained to recognize stride. There's really, um, you know, nothing preventing us from taking the pattern we've applied to hockey and bringing that into other sports and giving developing athletes in these other sports, say football, lacrosse, field hockey, ski and snowboard, the same type of product experience that we've built out here. So we see an incredible opportunity to take a pattern that will have first been established in hockey. And um, like I said, we're laser focused on hockey as the as the first place. But I'd be you know lying if I didn't say that, you know, there's so much more that this can do. Um, and, and we really want to see the potential of the product and its capabilities and those other sports take life. Very cool. Hopefully that works out because it'd be awesome to see what, um, what skater would you be most interested to see where Helios like core based in their style of play? Who do you think would be the coolest to see how your product, uh, goes with their skating style or how they play? Yeah. I mean, we have the developing player kind of age groups and birth years filled out in a really interesting way already. So I think it'd be exciting to get some more pro players using it, um, even on kind of an individual and, and, and testing basis. Um, you know, because one of the things that product does is you're continuously sort of growing your data footprint, um, you know, up in our cloud. And what that allows us to do is continuously benchmark you against a baseline model that we fit for you as well as uh, your entire birth year. Um, one of the things we do every single night is we take all of your reference points on speed, agility, explosiveness, and balance, and we run a statistical breakdown of what percent ranking you are um, within your birth year. So if you're a 2011, you get to see you're in the 95th percentile for speed, but only the 64th percentile for agility. That kind of like breakdown lets you really see where your strengths and weaknesses are and then spend some energy focusing on the area you can round off your game the best, right? And that might be a key way to kind of unlock what's next for you in hockey. So one of one of the things that's really cool about that is, you know, the idea of getting more reference points on NHL players in the right kind of context because it allows us to provide more and more comparables to the developing player 
um, using the same product. Um, and that, and that's really what our product can do is it can be used by the nine to 22 year old, or it can be used by the 30 year old NHL player. Um, it's kind of all the same in terms of the ease with which they can use it. And then it gives us more and more comparables kind of end to end on those, uh, you know, quite different levels of play. Um, and I, on top of that, I was thinking, um, just as we're talking, let's say you, you said you mentioned you work with some of the 14U teams. Now, is there a way, like, let's say the whole team is wearing um, the Helios Core uh, product. Could you, is there a way you can have it so like there's a, everybody can see like a leaderboards style thing where they can see, oh, Johnny had the most hustle today in practice and kind of like that level. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, so at the team level, we've done a bunch of really cool things. One of the things is that a single coach can run the entire team practices and games just from their iPhone or an iPad. Um, and, and that actually was not trivial to be able to have, say, like a rink, um, you know, like the, the multi ice sheet facilities where you could have, you know, 10 plus hockey teams on ice sheets, right, in the same kind of local environment and have only the players on the right team that the coach is trying to control be in and out of these Helios sessions. So we actually did a bunch of really interesting work at the Bluetooth level to kind of make all that possible. Um, and, and so a coach can kind of quarterback their entire team from their smartphone. And then what's cool is at the team level, like the individual players um, in our app, there's a couple different leaderboards. And one is just the global leaderboard, but you'll see everybody on Helios. And on the leaderboard right now, we have a points-based system. Um, it's based on participation and performance above your baseline. And you compete weekly, monthly, all time against everyone else on Helios. If you're actually on a team, you also get to compete on a separate team leaderboard. And we also have an org leaderboard um, if we're operating within you know, a youth hockey org that has multiple different teams using the product. Very cool. I mean, it's been great talking with you. Like, I can't wait to uh, see where your product goes. Hopefully, I get a chance to try it out because I, um, I can guarantee I'll be better than Fink is at, uh, <laughs> at the hustle yeah, level. Now, now I want to see it. You got to send me your mailing address. I'll have one to you by the end of the week. For sure, I will. Um, last thing, uh, would you like to plug your socials and just remind us where we can find uh, the Helios Core for sale? Yeah, absolutely. So the products for sale at Pure Hockey, um, as well as on helioshockey.com. There's a lot of information there. You can learn more about the product on Instagram. We're at Helios Hockey. On Twitter, we're at underscore Helios uh, or at Helios underscore hockey because, you know, somebody decided to try to mess with us a bit. Um, <laughs> on Facebook, we're Helios Hockey. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, reach out to us. We're super communicative to our customers. If you have questions, um, we're really here to help. Um, you know, drive the sport forward in a, in a dimension where we think we can make a big impact. And we're excited to be in the market and have customers using our product and finding value in it. Well, it's been great having you on. Uh, this was episode 254 of the Morning Skate. Uh, feel free to reach out to Bill Neer on Helios Hockey and uh, get, get that product and help you get better as a skater. Uh, Bill, thanks for coming on the Morning Skate. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great night. Yeah, you too.